0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up everybody and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I'm your host Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to get into today: rookie mini camp, the schedule release, and of course, the sale of the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder and the Snyder family to Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and an ownership group that also includes Magic Johnson and a long list of other names. But where I want to start today is with, is with ownership before we get into this schedule release where I want to dive into offensive matchups, defensive matchups to look forward to, rookies to watch on each team, and not, I'm not going to give you guys a win-loss prediction. I'm not going to do that. We have yet to see this team strap up. We have yet to see this team take the field. Right now, everything is on paper for all 32 teams across the NFL. If there's one team that I could expect things from this year, it's going to be Kansas City. Number 15 under center, you could probably pencil them in to be here come playoff time. That's the only team I'm going to pencil in as far as a playoff team right now as we sit here on Monday, May 15th. But we're here to talk about the Burgundy and Gold. And a team that's a lot of new faces... And a lot of new places. That's on the field, and that's on the sidelines as well, obviously, with Eric Biennemi now running the show on offense. So I am not going to give you guys a win-loss prediction, but I will take you guys through each week, each divisional matchup, home and away, and of course, the two primetime matchups that the Washington Commanders have this year. And folks, bottom line, also with primetime games, I know everyone, when the schedule comes out, where are the primetime games? Well, when you don't win games consistently, and you don't have respect from the league, you're not going to get nationalized. And while some teams have four, five, six primetime games, Washington has two. That's what we really have had for the last few years because they don't have the respect of the league until you start winning games and still you start competing for NFC East titles. And of course, top two, three, four seeds in a conference, you're just not going to be a team that's going to appear on national television a ton. So with that, I want to get into today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Let's kick the week off well. And I want to start, of course, with the sale of the team. Because we talked about it a few weeks ago. We didn't think this day would ever happen. And it has. And I've told you guys about my background. Remember, I used to work inside the building in Ashburn for a couple years. Did some PR. Also wrote for the team for Redskins.com at the time. So I've kind of stayed away from the logistical side of things, talking about ownership because of Dan Snyder and his name on my checks for years. But now with him out... This is a step in a direction to where we can finally focus on football, because you look at the entities that Josh Harris has under him, the New Jersey Devils in the NHL made the playoffs this year. If you guys are basketball fans, you just saw the Sixers get bounced in game seven yesterday in the, in the Eastern Conference semis. But these teams are competing every year for championships. The Devils, look at the NHL, a young team headlined by a young stud and Jack Hughes. If you guys are hockey fans, you know who that is. These are organizations that have built their way up. Sixers have been obviously consistent. Devils working their way up. Just teams that are always in the mix for playoff spots and potentially working towards, in this case, hopefully in the NFL, a Super Bowl to bring back glory to a franchise that was so damn good years and years and years ago. And it seems like it was 150 years ago when Joe Gibbs was leading the charge with Joe Theismann and Doug Williams. It, was, it just seems like it was so, so, so long ago. But now as we move towards new management, up top, right? It starts in the owner's box and it makes its way down. Washington has not been able to focus on football ever since Daniel Snyder bought the team in the late 90s. FedEx Field has been a junk box for a long time. We'd love to get a new stadium in. Allow the football team to play in a modern, state-of-the-art stadium. Hopefully, that's on the RFK site. Take it down build a beautiful new stadium right there in the heart of the city and let this city become one with the burgundy and gold again. I wasn't alive initially to see the love that this city has, the diehard sports fanatic that this city could be around football. But we have to try to do the best thing possible to move forward and try to get that back in Washington. Maybe we never ever get to that. But with the new ownership in the building I mentioned Magic Johnson. Obviously, you know who that is, what he brings to the table as far as a former high-level stud, legend, athlete, and then now in the business aspect of it, in being a part of the community. You saw his tweets from this past weekend, wanting to be one with the fans, with the community, with the burgundy and gold, and making that mean something. Making the burgundy and gold mean something. That's what matters. So I am extremely excited about not just the next two, three, four months of this season as we work towards training camp and we work towards week one of the 2023 campaign when we open up at home against the Arizona Cardinals, but what this team is going to be from a functionality perspective overall as a whole and as a competitive organization for the next 10, 15, 20, probably more years. As long as Josh Harris wants to have his fingerprints and of course, Magic Johnson, Mitchell Rails and all the ownership group, and they have their fingerprints on the Burgundy and Gold. So I'm excited for the steps forward. I know you guys are too. And speaking of steps forward, let's move towards previewing the 2023 Commander's Slate of Games. Now you look right now, you guys know my thoughts on strength of schedule. Not big for me. Why? teams improve, teams get worse, teams stay neutral throughout the year. Right now, Washington has a top 10 strength of schedule in the NFL, but that will change. We move into week three, week four, week five, teams start losing games, right? Philly starts 0-3. What's that strength of schedule like? At that aspect, they're 0.000. So strength of schedule right now, I've never looked at strength of schedule. That's from last year. That's 2022. We're in 2023, folks. New teams, new faces, new places. I mentioned it at the top. We have a lot of that in Washington. Other teams do as well. So let's get into this. Week one, opening home Sunday, September 10th, one o'clock on Fox against the Arizona Cardinals. Newly hired head coach and Jonathan Gannon, obviously the former defensive coordinator of last year's NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Folks, bottom line with the Arizona Cardinals, they are expected to be a team that's going to have potentially the top two picks in the 2024 NFL draft. We will not see Kyler Murray under center as when when Arizona comes to town in week one. We will, however, see Paris Johnson, their first round pick, and a pick that they expect to be dominant. Wherever he aligns, we will see if they start him at tackle, whether they start him at guard. They start him at guard in week one, well, you bet your tail that I expect Deron Payne and John Allen, Phil Mathis, John Ridgway, all those big boys up front to eat from week one. So this is a game against Arizona where I expect Washington's offense to come out and succeed. You look at Arizona's defense, it's young at all three levels. They have some pop. I like the pick with B.J. Ojolari from LSU, an edge rusher that could potentially give some headaches, provide some headaches for whoever is starting at tackle in week one for Washington. Obviously, right now, we think the right side is going to be headlined by Andrew Wiley. But left tackle, that Charles Is that Charles Leno? Is that Braden Daniels? That's where Brayden Daniels worked in rookie minicamp over the weekend. So we will see if he pushes for that left tackle spot over Charles. But whoever lines, Biggio Jolari is one of my favorite players from this last class. He's going to give them some push. Young secondary, They drafted both Garrett Williams and Keytrell Clark. Garrett out of Syracuse, Keytrell out of Louisville. As far as guys that will be able to cover a little bit, Keytrell will be be in the slot. Garrett will be on the outside. But folks, I'm taking out my cards, right? I'm taking with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. And I'm, I'm betting on those guys to win their matchups with Sam Howell. And obviously, you're going to have Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez touting the rock for you. And a hopefully much improved front five to where you look at this Arizona game, and I do expect Washington to win. This is not a case of last year when you looked at Washington's first two games against Jacksonville and Detroit. And I know a lot of you out there were saying, ah, 2-0, and absolutely 2-0. And I gave you guys some pushback if you guys listened to the, the schedule preview last year. And what they do against Jacksfield? Now they won, and they go into Detroit and get blown out. This is the case right now. You look at Arizona, Washington, 100%. I expect them to win this game. They are a better football team, both on paper and when they line up nose-to-nose and they officially strap up. So I do expect Washington to open up with a win in Week 1 on Sunday, September 10th. Moving to Week 2. Got a little bit of a road trip. Heading out to the mountains, out to Denver. Denver Broncos, 425 on CBS on Sunday. September 17th. Obviously, Denver is expecting much, much more from Russell Wilson moving into year two. Last year, we expected the AFC West to be guns a blazing, right? An arms race with all the big time quarterbacks out there. Derek Carr didn't live up expectations. Justin Herbert with the Chargers, right? We know what Patrick Mahomes brings in Kansas City. And then you look at Denver, where they really fell on their face from that aspect, bringing in Russell Wilson. This is going to be a team that is going to be a blood. It's going to be a bloodbath, I think, in this game. It's going to be a back-and-forth game. I don't think it's going to be a 35-35 type of bloodbath. I just think it's going to be a highly competitive physical football game. I like the ads that Denver made on their defense. I love the Drew Sanders pick, kind of that spinner role. He'll play in that front seven. Young kid, play linebacker, play on the edge with his hand in the dirt or standing up from Arkansas SEC experience one of the premier linebackers in this class, versatile. And he will pair well with a guy like Baron Browning. They drafted a few years ago out of Ohio State to come in and provide some pop off of the edge. They also drafted a guy like Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma to provide some fresh legs in that receiver's room. So you look at these Washington corners, right? Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice, Cameron Dansler. These are the guys who are going to have some, you know, they got some, some bump on the outside. It's the NFL, Right. Broncos have a nice receiving core. They really do. Russell Wilson is going to be better in year two. We'll see how things figure out with them for the long haul. But early on in 2023, in week two, in the mountains, traveling out to face an AFC West opponent, I think this game will be a a nice test for Washington to where they go on the road and potentially start 2-0 before these next two games that we get to would be a really nice start to their campaign. Now we head into this two-week stretch to where right now I expect Washington to compete. But the overall, we'll get into the game previews. We'll get into the game previews as we move forward into these months, right? We get to Sunday, September 24th in week three, home against the Buffalo Bills. Of course, you guys here last year with me, we're going to do game previews each week, right? Tuesday and Thursday, two episodes a week. Right now, we're in the offseason. We got one a week, right? We got two per week during the season where I give you guys an in-depth preview into every single positional group for the team that Washington plays that week. And then we go into the week. You guys can understand what you're looking at schematically, not just looking at a depth chart and saying, oh, this guy's good or bad. You're looking schematically. And I'll give you matchups to watch for every single week for the Washington Commanders. But week three, home again, against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Look, you're at home. Hopefully, you know, FedEx field this year is going to have fans there. We've seen in the past to where it's always bombarded by the visiting crowd. You know the Buffalo Bills fans travel well. They expect another Super Bowl, at least try to get to the Super Bowl for a visit at least from this Bills roster because expectations every single year as Josh Allen's under center is the Super Bowl. Have they gotten there? No. They got there in the past, right? We Saw it against Washington in years past. Just haven't been able to actually lift the Lombardi Trophy. That is the expectation for Buffalo this year even though they've enjoyed some changes especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, Home in week three against this team. Competitive. You got to stay competitive. This is one of the top three or four rosters in football. Of course, I mentioned Josh Allen, one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. This is going to be a tough game, bottom line. So week three against the Buffalo Bills. Again, I mentioned one o'clock on Fox. That leads us in to our first divisional matchup of the year in week four at the Philadelphia Eagles. Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, is gone. I mentioned Jonathan Gannon is now gone. But Nick Sirianni, the headpiece of the puzzle is still there. Their main core on offense, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and of course, Jalen Hurts are all back. The offensive line, some retooling along the offensive line. Isaac Sayamalu is now gone. Cam Juergens, kid they drafted out of Nebraska in 2022, is will now most likely slot in opposite of Landon Dickerson along that front five. I expect that front five to be good once again, but they lost Miles Sanders. They brought in DeAndre Swift. And of course, you look at the defensive side of the ball. They added Jalen Carter in the draft. They added Nolan Smith, guy like Healy Ringo in the secondary. You guys have heard it all. They're trying to be Georgia. I get that. People forget. Remember when Washington took all those Alabama guys in the past, right? John Allen, Deron Payne, Sean Deion Hamilton, Ryan Anderson. We didn't take Landon Collins, but he was on the roster. Then you take Phil Mathis last year. You take Brian Robinson Jr., We didn't take anybody from Alabama this year, so that pipeline ended at least in 2023. But you look at this Philadelphia roster, guys, offense, defense, it's one of the premier rosters in the NFL. In my opinion, it is the top roster in the NFC. Going into Philadelphia, we know it's going to be tough. I'm glad we are getting this matchup out of the way early in the season. Again, this is week four, Sunday, October 1st, so kicking off the month of Halloween up in Philadelphia. I don't think it's going to be too scary of a matchup, right? We saw last year Washington go in on Monday Night Football and beat Philadelphia to give them their first loss of the year. I think Washington's going to be juiced up for this one. This may be a sneaky spot to where Philadelphia starts slow, Washington come in and win this football game, which would be an excellent start to their divisional schedule. From there... We're in prime time, baby. That next Thursday, October 5th, in week five, home against the Chicago Bears on Prime Video, Amazon Prime, at 8 15. Justin Fields coming into town, a new look Bears roster where they added some pop, right? They got DJ Moore on the outside to pair with Darnell Mooney and guys like Chase Claypool. They expect a lot out of Cole Komet, tight end, moving into his first few years from Notre Dame. And a front five to where they just got into Darnell Wright. I know you guys know my thoughts on Darnell Wright, big boy out of Tennessee going to line up at tackle for them so chase young montez sweat at right, the team drafted kj henry andre, andre jones hopefully he makes the roster i think he will these are guys going to be pushing darnell right as when chicago comes into town on week five and this is the second straight year that washington will play chicago in prime time now you guys remember that sloppy messy game at soldier field last year washington win but it was on thursday it was in prime time and against the Bears and somehow seemingly every year Washington plays Chicago in primetime. I don't know what it is, but the NFL just likes slating the burgundy and gold against Chicago in primetime in week 5, but this is a game I do expect Washington to play well and to win this football game. From there, we're going into week 6 and that is at the Atlanta Falcons, one of the a team that Again, expectations are not there. This is a huge year for Arthur Smith, head coach in Atlanta. Most likely, Desmond Ritter is going to be starting under center for them this fall. They added Bijan Robinson with a top 10 pick in this draft. He's a stud, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be an absolute stud for a long time in a run-heavy Arthur Smith offense. Obviously, you guys know the names in Kyle Pitts. You know the name in Drake London. They got some young pieces on defense that they added, especially in last year's draft with Arnold Ebicchetti, D'Angelo Malone, Troy Anderson. So this year, they're expecting more. They obviously traded for Jeff Akuda to pair opposite of A.J. Terrell in that secondary. This is a young Atlanta roster, where a lot like Washington, to where they got to get better and better and better, and that's also playing better and better football, working their way up towards relevancy. Now, I think Washington is at that relevancy point. 500 football, you can deal with it. But 500 football right now with the talent on this roster is not good enough. So Sunday, October 15th in week six at Atlanta, going down to beautiful Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I do expect Washington to win that football game as well. From there, we're on the road again, baby. Divisional matchup at the New York Giants as we move towards Halloween. And this is a stretch to where we will play New York and then Philadelphia right after that. So, But at New York. Guys, we know the New York Giants going into MetLife a little bit of a concrete jungle. Nice stadium, but doesn't really have too much flair to it. But going up to New York, I mean, this is going to be a matchup to where I think Sam Howell playing on that MetLife turf. Hopefully, obviously, knock on wood, Sam Howell will be the starter here as we move into Week Seven and towards the second half of the second month of the season. Excuse me, but this I I like Washington's chances against New York this fall. I really do. I know Saquon is back. I know Daniel Jones is there. They made some additions in the receiver's room, they added a guy like Jalen Hyatt, they added a guy like John Michael Schmitz at along the front five to fortify that offensive line to where they have to be better because he will boost, right? Allowing Daniel Jones to stay upright and create increases for Saquon Barkley to hit. But I really do like this Washington roster going into New York and come not just competing but beating New York this fall. I know last year there were a lot of battles with New York, really over the last few years. Every year, divisional matchups are tough. Usually when you look at schedules, you usually go one and one. Home and away, it's tough. They added Deontay Banks and Wink Martindale's defense. I love that fit. Man zone corner. He's physical inside the contact window. He can run 4-3. So he's going to give Terry McLaurin some work. He's going to give Jahan Dotson some work. He's a hell of a ball player on the outside. But overall, in this roster, I like Washington's chances in this game, and I do think this is one of those... Right, we work into the later portions of October, November, chilly, fall months, can get cold. It's when you get the ball to guys like Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, and Antonio Gibson. Over 215 pounds each. Allow them to run downhill and get those dirty yards for you when you need a conversion on second and four. You need one on third and two, third and three, or you need one on second and goal or third and goal at the goal line, and it's a 10-7 game or 14-10 game as you move forward towards the final five or six minutes left in the fourth quarter of a football game. You need those types of yards, those types of bodies, those types of plays to succeed and execute, not just talent on the field, but execution as well, to where I think Washington will execute more this fall, which should put them in a good spot to, again, not just compete, but win football games this fall. From New York, again, I mentioned it. Home against Philadelphia. Not going to talk about it too much. I just talked about Philadelphia a couple minutes ago. Expectations right coming on the road. Don't want to see a lot of Kelly Green and the lower bowl in FedEx Field. I want to see Burgundy and Gold. But as we move into week eight, right? This is the first, this is the end of the second month of the season. You're going to have a little bit of a gist as far as where Washington's overall arc is for the season. Are they competing for a wild card spot? Are they competing for a divisional spot? Are they competing for a top 10 pick in the draft? Right now, moving to week eight, we could have a next, we could Really provide that picture into Washington season when Philadelphia comes to town again. That is week 8, 1 o'clock on Fox. From there, next two games hitting the road. Week 9 at the New England Patriots. And we get to see our old friend Christian Gonzalez. A guy you guys know I was high on, but Terry McLaurin against Christian Gonzalez in week nine is going to be a really fun matchup in New England. This is a matchup where, you know, New England, they're going to prepare, right? Bill Belichick is going to have his team ready to play. I know you look at Mac Jones. He's not somebody that's a a needle mover by any means as far as under center being a huge arm, dual threat weapon, but he wins between the ears. He's accurate. They have some decent weapons there. You would Many would say they're below average. I would say that. But they are decent. They're NFL ball players. They're there for a reason. Bill Belichick will most likely get the most out of them, as he always does. And they will always be competitive. It's going in New England. Zero expectations there. It's going to be chilly up there in Foxborough. Expect Washington to sling it around a good bit against that defense and have some success with it as well. I think Curtis Samuel, you look at that New England defense, they're old in a multitude of spots. Curtis Samuel of the intermediate portions of that defense a lot of things he does, jet sweeps, designated touches outside the hashes. I think Curtis Sam have a big game against New England. A little sneak peek for you guys as we move forward into Week 9. Now, bumping out to Week 10, traveling from Washington out to the Pacific Northwest to face the Seattle Seahawks, a team that has a ton of buzz moving into 2023. Obviously, just drafted Devin Witherspoon with a top 10 pick in this year's draft corner out of Illinois. I like my chances, ladies and gentlemen, with Terry McLaurin, John Dotson on the outside and testing him. Now you look opposite of him. It's Tariq Woolen, guy they drafted and got a steal on in the fifth round in the 2022 draft. He was excellent last year, one of the favorites for a rookie defensive player of the year. Obviously that award went to Sauce Gardner, corner from the Jets, but Tariq Woolen is a stud, 6'3", 6'4", whatever you want to label him as. He's a big-ass corner, guys. Big-ass corner on the outside. Can run 4'2", jump out of the gym, all the physical and, and measurables that, that you look for in a boundary corner and just someone that can play zone, play man, run with you, PBUs, interceptions, come downhill and tackle. He can do all that for you. So you got Witherspoon and Woolen on the other side of each other. You got a stack secondary, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams. They brought over Julian Love from the New York Giants to play some of that role that you look at Derek Forrest, what he does coming down to the box, being a seam eraser for these tight ends. That's a spot where I really need to see more from from Washington as we move forward and get a, a little bit of a gist as far as what Washington wants to do at the tight end position. Cole Turner, John Bates, Logan Thomas, Armani Rogers. Somebody's going to have to have a role. I talked about Antonio Gibson. He will have a role in space this year. So potentially one of those guys, I don't expect all of them to get a ton of snaps or be on the roster as we move forward into this fall. We know Eric Bannemi likes to use tight ends. It's just who is going to be used and who is not. Going to be used. But Seattle, Geno Smith back in the fold. They did not draft a quarterback this year, but they have a roster. Again, another draft from GM John Schneider to where had another good spring. Obviously, they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver from Ohio State, to pair with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They like what they have in seventh rounder of 2022 in Derrick Young. They brought over even a guy, the college free agent in Matt Landers, big boy out of Arkansas that did really well. In this pre-job process blew up the combine running 4-3 at over 6-foot-3. Guy that may make the roster, may not, but just guys that they brought in from round one to round seven and UDFAs just brought in guys that can compete. And I think Seattle's going to work their way up again to being a team to where this isn't the Legion of Boom when Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch and all of them are dominating, right? Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense. But this is a team to where I expect them to be uber competitive in the NFC West, win the NFC West. I really do. And... A really a competitive team as we get forward, move forward towards these NFC playoffs. This is a team I really like. Look at the defensive side of this roster and what Washington will face. I mentioned Devin Witherspoon. They drafted a guy like Derek Hall in the second round out of Auburn to provide more punch off of the edge. They have guys like Daryl Taylor. They brought Jerron Jones over from Denver. They got some pieces, and then of course Bobby Wagner is back in the middle of that defense coming back from Los Angeles. So he's going to be that green dot, that core athlete within the middle of their defense to where, look, Bobby Wagner's just avoided father time and he's just he's going to be back in 2023 and he's probably going to have another 110, 120 tackle season and no one's going to blink an eye because this guy's obviously going to end in Canton one day. But this is a tough Tough game for Washington, heading out on the road again in Week 10 at the Seattle Seahawks. A game, again, I expect Washington to compete, but it's going to be awfully tough to go out to Seattle and win that football game. From there, come back home. Got the New York Giants at home. Mentioned it just a couple minutes ago, right? Going to MetLife. It's going to be tough. New York coming here. It's going to be a tough football game. But this is when you get into the dog days of the season. Week 11, working towards Thanksgiving. This Matters, right? You have to win these football games at home. Expect Washington to be competitive again. Week 1, one o'clock against the New York Giants. From there, on the road again, baby, out to Dallas. So three of their four games from week 10 to week 12 at New England, at Seattle, home against New York, and then on Thanksgiving. As you're enjoying that turkey, hopefully not too much. Hopefully you're sitting there watching the game, right? Tuned in. If you're not there in Dallas, at the Dallas. Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And I know you guys remember just a few years ago when Washington went into Dallas and absolutely took them behind the barn and gave them a good old backside whooping, right? We know how that went. Antonio Gibson throwing up the wave, right? Waving Dallas fans away, waving the secondary away. He trots into the end zone. I want to see more of that. As we move into 2023. Because there's nothing better. Hey, we like the turkey, the stuffing, the gravy, mac and cheese, whatever you all have on your Thanksgiving spread for your annual Thanksgiving tradition. But nothing's better than watching the Washington Commanders playing football on Thanksgiving and winning football games on Thanksgiving as well. So, again... It's nice to see Washington back on Thanksgiving and national primetime stage. I know you guys are going to be too stuffed for that one. That is the first time we see Dallas. Got to wait 12 weeks for it. But hey, we're going to prep ourselves. We're going to be ready to ball. Comes Thursday, November 23rd, week 12, baby. We're rolling into Arlington. And hopefully Dallas is ready for a fight. Because well, I think Washington, again, this year, moving into week 12, again, the later portions of this season, I'm really excited for Washington. Because I do think, guys, I do think being positive here that Washington will be in a position here to compete for a wild card spot and hopefully a couple, maybe a game, gain game a half, two games back of the NFC East lead as we move into week 13, week 14, 15, 16. So let's move into those games. After we visit Dallas on Thanksgiving, get a nice little bit of a, a half-bye, right? We go from Thursday, get a week off, and then you have Miami. So not a week off, but you have about 13... 12, 13 days until you play again, and we host the Miami Dolphins, right? The Tyree Kills, the Jalen Waddles, they're coming into town, right? We'll see if Tua Tagovailoa is the quarterback for Miami. Who knows who's going to line on center? Is it going to be Mike White, who they brought over from New York in the offseason? Be that insurance plan? They drafted a guy in Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State last, in last year's draft. He actually played a little bit and played well in 2022, but we know, guys, look, Manuel Forbes, you want your test? Enjoy it with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. He's gonna have a lot of tests this year. You look at Philadelphia. You look at Dallas. You look at Buffalo. You look at Denver. You look at Arizona. If DeAndre Hopkins is there or not, they got a guy like Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. You guys know who that is. Manuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juste. They're gonna have their work cut out for them this year. Welcome to Big Boy Ball, especially for Manuel Forbes. Look, SEC. I get it. A lot of bump. A lot of good competition. But moving the NFL. Different pace of play, different size of receivers, bigger, faster, stronger, right? It's always what we talk about. He's going to get his feet wet early in the NFL, and I do expect Manuel as well to play well in his first campaign. I talked to you guys last couple episodes ago where I do expect him to get four or five picks this year and maybe take back one or two. So, after we host Miami, got a bye week. It's an extremely late bye in Washington, late bye last year as well. Week 14 is the bye week, and then after the bye, we travel Out to L.A. to face the Los Angeles Rams to where right now, guys, I expect a win. This is a win. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, all those guys are still there. Will it be Matthew Stafford playing quarterback for the Rams as we move into Week 15? Who knows? But just a couple years ago, right, we knew the Rams went all in for the Super Bowl run. Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham, Jalen Ramsey, all those guys are gone. They're gone. That's the core of their roster. This is one of the worst receiving cores in all the NFL, away from having Cooper Cup, Ben Skoranek, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, guys, they don't scare anybody, right? Bottom line, they don't scare anybody. It's a front five that is average to below average. I like Washington's chances to get after the quarterback. Again, whoever that may be, but heading into Los Angeles in week 15, like Washington's chances there. And then after that, we're on the road again. I feel like this is a theme. There's a lot of stretches here for Washington to where they have three, four, five games or four out of five, or five out of six games to where they're on the road. So we go on the road again to a tough matchup on Christmas Eve at one o'clock in week 16 at the New York Jets and the new look New York Jets, of course, with Aaron Rodgers under center. I mentioned Sauce Gardner earlier. He is the leader of that defense along with Quinn and Williams along that defensive interior. They got studs. This is going to be one of the top three or four defenses in football. So again, as we move forward here, whether it is A Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett or some unknown name that we don't know in the roster as of right now is playing quarterback as we work into week 16 on Christmas Eve. But right now, this is going to be a really tough matchup on paper for Washington right now. This is, again, 16, week 16, final games of the season. These are so important to win these football games, and going on the road is tough. However, Washington is able to finish their season off with back two back games at FedEx field. I will get to Washington's week 18 matchup, which I know you guys know of and are excited for. But again, we play San Francisco just like we did last year late in the season, but this time San Fran's coming here, but this is a tough game as well. Now, again, just like I talked about with Los Angeles and Miami, who's going to be playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers right now? It's Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, who knows if he's going to be back later in the season? Is Trey Lance a 49er? Who knows? We know Jimmy Garoppolo's not a niner. He's in Las Vegas leading the charge for the Raiders this fall. So who's going to be playing quarterback for San Francisco? We know their defense. Obviously headlined in the middle by Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and you got Nick Bosa coming off the edge. We saw that last year. We know their offensive chess pieces, right? George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. We know the pieces that they have. But what is their core piece? Who is leading the charge, playing the most important position in American sports and quarterback? And that's going to matter when San Francisco comes to town in Week 17. But let's wrap it up with Week 18 home against the Dallas Cowboys. A game, ladies and gentlemen, as we sit here in May, I would really love for this game to mean something. How great would that be? The first season of the new ownership group to have host to host Dallas week 18 with a time right now that's right to be determined Well, it could be a flex game to Sunday night football. We don't know. It's what it's in that flex window, but to mean something almost when 2012, right when Washington beat Dallas to secure the division at home, that's the type of game that I would love to see here to wrap up the campaign on Sunday, January 7th. What better team to end the season with and to punch your ticket to the playoffs than against the Dallas Cowboys? So that is the full schedule. Guys, two primetime games, obviously mentioned on Thanksgiving and of course hosting the Bears Thursday in primetime on Prime Video, Amazon Prime. So make sure if you guys aren't subscribed to Amazon Prime Video Subscribe to that so you can guys watch the game unless you illegally stream, but that's none of my business. However, this is the schedule right now. Hey, look, there's there's tough games, right? This is the NFL, it's not easy to win. But I look at this from a ten thousand foot view and I expect Washington to uh, to win a hefty amount of football games. I'm not saying win thirteen games, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm also not saying they're gonna win five or six. All right. So this right now, this schedule. When we work into, again, the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th weeks of the season, a lot of this is going to change as far as expectations facing each team. But ladies and gentlemen, please understand that it is tough to win in the NFL. Doesn't matter if it's 2023 or 1923 or 1983. It is tough to win when you line nose to nose against another athlete where his paycheck is also going to be on his locker room chair on Monday morning as well. It is hard to win. When I look at this Washington roster and all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, and I take a look back who's on the sideline with Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy, and Jack Del Rio, I like the core of what Washington has. They're pillars on offense, they're pillars on defense. You guys know the names. I don't need to go into those guys. Now it's about executing. We know how big a season this is for Ron Rivera. It's a huge season for Sam Howell. He wants to be the guy, he wants to have the keys of this offense moving forward into 2024, 25, 26. He's got to showcase himself this year because Jacoby Brissett is a veteran in this league that could start if he has to. If things go haywire, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, the headliners of the edge group, supposed to progress into a dominant trio. Excuse me, dominant tandem in this league. Have not seen it. Both guys on contracts in contract seasons. They're gonna have to be good this year if they want to be in Washington moving forward. Or do they just want to go elsewhere, and Washington wants to move on with guys like F.A. Obata and Casey Tuhill and a guy, guys, excuse me, like K.J. Henry from Clemson and Andre Jones from Louisiana Lafayette, two young edge rushers that they drafted this year. And of course, they still have guys like James Smith Williams and William Bradley King, and Chaka Tony's expected to come back next year. We will see. But this is such a massive season for especially Chase Young Montez Sweat, to where they are going to be the leaders along that front four, just right outside of the hips of Deron Payne and John Allen, and you know what you're going to get every single week with 93 and 94. Sparkling new contract lining up nose-to-nose nose with those center and the guard. So, again, guys, 18 weeks, 17 games, two primetime games. Can't wait for Thanksgiving at Dallas. But... Want to move forward real quick to Rookie Minicamp. Just a couple of discussion topics. Mainly, I want to talk about Manuel Forbes. This is, look, you look at Rookie Minicamp, guy sling around the ball, a couple one-on-ones, mainly indie, so individual drills. Manuel Forbes, you guys didn't check it out on Twitter, put a clip of him and his footwork and his explosion out of his breaks. That's underscore Ryan Fowler on Twitter if you don't follow me there already. Just a guy that just makes it look so smooth. He's so fluid. He's just coiled up with explosion in his lower half. Reportedly had a pick in Rookie Minicamp this week. That wasn't surprising. Picked off Tim DeMorat from Fordham. No slack towards Tim, but nope. You know Emmanuel's game, right? He wears his hat as far as instincts, getting the ball away, taking it away from offenses, and he picked off Tim. Good for Emmanuel. It's a good start to rookie mini camp. Now it's just pushing forward as we move towards these next few weeks and in NTOTAs, to where we got the Terry McLaurin's coming in. We got Daron and John, Jamin Davis, Cody Barton, Derek Forrest, Cam Curl. Names going on and on, coming in the building and all gelling together and getting this thing looking good. Right, we got get strapped up, OTAs, summer, right? We get moved towards training camp. Guys, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the, the future of this team. Ownership, we talked about it at the top. It starts from the top down. It's a breath of fresh air into the lungs of this franchise. Allow us to focus on football, get the new stadium going. We talked about it for years now as far as getting a new stadium, but there's been zero progress in that aspect. It's always been something focusing on outside of the football field with this franchise. But now it is time to focus on football and the product of this team moving into 2023. So that is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, please leave a like, review, share, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, we on Spotify. As I mentioned, if you don't follow me on Twitter already, underscore Ryan Fowler, all my written work, is housed at thedraftnetwork.com, including more audio and video content. Me and the rest of our scouts at the Draft Network kick off summer scouting Tuesday, May 16th. So we're moving forward towards the 2024 class. We're going to have a lot of scouting reports coming out for you guys, as well as clips and, and information from agents, execs, personnel, from players to look out for moving forward again towards the 2024 class because guys, draft season never sleeps. It doesn't. But right now, the main focus for me Washington Commanders moving forward towards into OTAs in the summer and gelling as a football team, breath of fresh air, and into the 2023 campaign tour. I do expect them to compete and produce this fall. So, as always, appreciate you guys. I will talk to you most likely. Plan is next Monday. have a podcast out for you. Again, if you guys are new here on Apple Podcasts, on on Spotify, as we move forward towards the season, we're going to have two episodes a week. One's a preview of the game. The other's a recap. So two a week during the season, one during the offseason. So again, appreciate you guys tuning in. I will talk to you on Monday. Always appreciate your time. I'm Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe.